0: The rule of law is on trial in America. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Lights On. In the words of Judge Tanya Chutkin, Donald Trump is a criminal defendant, and he's going to have restrictions like every single other defendant. This morning, she presided over the first hearing of Donald Trump's criminal trial for attempting to overthrow American democracy and made clear that her courtroom is a forum for law, not politics. Judge Chutkin set the ball rolling issuing a protective order defining a large scope of sensitive materials that Trump may not publicly discuss and setting limitations on how those materials may be reviewed and must be protected. During the hearing, she didn't mince any words while addressing Trump's inflammatory language and suggested that his efforts to influence the jury pool will only lead to a speedier trial. That's right, Trump, your delay tactics are already backfiring here. Judge Tutkin was a fair arbiter for both sides today, and the signs coming out of her courtroom are promising, very promising, for the rule of law. This whole experience is really a test, a test of whether our legal system will allow a serial criminal to use politics to evade justice, to incite more violence, and to use sheer force to obtain power, or whether our laws and the men and women enforcing them have the courage and integrity to stop him. All this on the same week that the right-wing ecosystem of hate and projection sent an aspiring Biden assassin to his death in a standoff with the FBI, and on the same week that a presidential candidate was murdered in Ecuador, an uncanny parallel to the political violence Trump would have us engage in here. The latest FBI encounter is far from the first, what I would call suicide mission that Trump and his acolytes have sent their support orders on. A new report shows that their penchant for violence is only increasing due in no small part to Trump's dangerous rhetoric as he finally begins to face the music. Will he be held to the same standard as other criminal defendants and possibly be running for president from behind bars as my guest today has suggested? Is strict accountability going to inflame his base more or is it actually the best top-down deterrence method to combat the growing threat of stochastic terrorism in America. We're going to shine some bright lights on these heavy topics today, and I am so grateful to be joined by former FBI Assistant Director and NBC News National Security Analyst, Frank Fagluzzi. Frank, welcome to Lights On.
1: Thanks, Jessica. Thanks for the kind invitation. I'm glad we could do it
0: so happy i'm going to try not to smile too much because we're dealing with these heavy topics but big big fans of yours in in the denson household and and i'm sure many many across america are are so appreciate your clarity on these topics and that's why i'm so happy to have you here to shed shed this light today um if i can just get your reaction off the bat to what happened this morning in the in the courtroom in dc with this protective order and just kind of the The um, mannerism of Judge Chutkin in in laying down the law as far as how she expects Donald Trump to behave and how she will treat him as as any other criminal defendant.
1: Yeah, I think based on her track record and reputation, this is what I expected to see and hear. And I I think she was both fair and firm at the same time, which is really what judges are supposed to be doing. They are far more important than just the robe and the bench they sit behind. They they represent the rule of law in our criminal justice system. And so she, she basically said this, look, I'm going to be fair uh, in saying what you can't talk about if it's sensitive, if it involves identifying witnesses and all their personal identifying information, addresses, social security numbers. Um, If it's still sealed uh, in the grand jury proceeding, then, you know, you can't talk about it. That's really pretty simple. Um, She said you can talk about the case. You do have a first amendment, right? But she reminded all of us. And I think the, 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 the talking heads on the far right platforms are conveniently forgetting this. When you are a defendant in court, you're, your First Amendment rights do have limits. It's not, you know, people are saying, and Trump is is beating the drum of, oh my gosh, my First Amendment rights. He is now under the authority of that judge. And if she decides to limit his speech, she can absolutely lawfully do it. And I think she did it today fairly. It made sense to me. The prosecution did not get everything they asked for. That's okay. But I also have to tell you that I think Uh, You know, I'm not a betting man, but I don't think Trump's going to be able uh, to comply with even these fair constraints on what he can and can't talk about. It's just a question of time. And I think uh, she'll be fair again with him. I think if he does violate it, which I think he'll eventually do, um, you know, he'll be back in court and then he'll get a gag order, which is different than the protection order. And then if he does it again, I think she will keep true to her promise and detain him.
0: I hope not for the not because I want to see Donald Trump incarcerated for the sake of incarceration, but for for the sake of equity in our justice system, for the sake of everyone being treated the same. Um, I want to touch for a minute on your First Amendment comments, but I'll just remind everybody that today FTX founder Sam Bankman Freed. Uh, was his had his veil revo- revoked after what judge was convinced that he had repeatedly tried to influence witnesses against him? So um, it's a it's a promising sign that there isn't not um, you know a certain class in our society, no matter who they are, no matter what uh, political office they may try to run run for, for to gain impunity from um, you know accountability for their crimes. That we're all subject to the same rules. Um, but on that subject of of the first amendment. Yeah. The judge, judge Shutkin was very clear that the first amendment is not absolute, like you said. And it's so funny, Frank, because, um, not only are Donald Trump's first amendment rights not being violated, but he was the most flagrant violator of the first amendment during his term in office. I happen to know this firsthand. And, uh, you know, for someone who so was so, you know, just had no, restraints when it came to assaulting the First Amendment rights of his critics, of his political opponents, of the press, to now claim that he is the greatest victim we've ever seen of fir- first of the First Amendment uh, being violated. It's kind of rich, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it, it, it is because, you know, fr- freedom of the press was under assault uh, during yeah. his tenure in a big way, even down to who he might or might not let into the White House uh, briefing room, um, yeah. attacking reporters. But also, as you well know, Um, you know, these kind of blanket non-disclosure agreements, because God forbid, you should actually have the freedom to speak about your experience uh, with him. So he's getting a dose of it. um, And, you know, it's not, look, we can't pretend that this isn't unique. It it is unique. We've never prosecuted anyone in the country for his conduct while president of the United States. We've never done it before. So yes, it's, let's not pretend that this isn't, Awkward. We're, you know, From a legal perspective, the man is going to try to campaign. Um, and yes, there'll have to be some flexibility to make sure that he has the opportunity to campaign for office. But he's also going to, as you you know, he's going to use that aspect to delay, uh, request all kinds of contingencies, claim that he can't make a rally or an engagement. And um, this is going to be a tough road, tough road for all of us.
0: I want to segue into the this really, I think, important discussion we're going to have on stochastic terrorism and just kind of ask your perspective, like I suggested in the open, do you agree with me that the strictest accountability from the top down, and I say that in the sense of not only him ultimately being found guilty and serving a sentence for For his crime but up to leading up to trial the strictest you know enforcement of his bail conditions being abided by isn't accountability from the top down ultimately a deterrence
1: look in in, i've written a book called the fbi way uh it happened to become a bestseller a couple of years ago and it's really about leadership and value something called uh, values-based leadership and I spend a lot of time talking about accountability uh, in the book, especially in a chapter called credibility. And people are watching, whether you're running a team, uh, a classroom, a homeowners association, a fortune 100 company, or the United States, people are watching you as a leader and they will either adapt your behavior and values or they won't. And what are they looking for? They're looking for a system of accountability and transparency um, they want to know what's going to happen if somebody at that level does something wrong do we have a different system in our company in our school for, for senior executives or tenured faculty than we have with other you know people and and they watch and they absorb that so we, i can't i can't overemphasize the importance of accountability at senior levels in fact i mentioned that in the fbi there were uh, two systems because we treated senior executives more harshly in disciplinary mm. proceedings. And that, I liked that because yeah, the, only option, the only option started with a, with a suspension or demotion out of, <laughs> system, out of the senior executive service. So, you know, you could get either a letter of censure for a slap on the wrist or you were going to get suspended and demoted out of the senior executive service. There was no in between. Wow. Wow. And um that's how important accountability should be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's literally a matter of life and death, Frank, what we're facing right now. I mean, we we know already that Tanya Chutkin has had to have a security detail added. This is, of course, on top of all. All of the other security measures we've seen taken in places like Manhattan and Fulton County. Um, I'll remind everybody that Fonnie Willis, in response to some heinous attacks and false, slanderous attacks on her this week, told her told her team to ignore all the noise and keep doing your job with excellence. But we have not had the situation where prosecutors in this country have had have faced such an unbelievable threat of violence from a major political candidate, the leading candidate of one of our two major political parties. And, you know, Frank, I was I was trying not to be depressed as I did the, the research for this episode, um, because, we of course, we're going to talk about the FBI shootout that happened this week. But I went back, and this has been going on for far too long under the, I don't want say leadership, but through the incitement of Donald Trump. I found this article from 20 May of 2020, which tied 54 cases um, of violence, threats, and alleged assaults to Donald Trump. In 12 of those cases, perpetrators hailed Trump in the midst or immediate aftermath of physically assaulting somebody. In another 18 cases, they cheered or defended Trump while taunting or threatening others. 10 cases, Trump and his rhetoric recited in court, much like in many of the January 6 cases to explain a defendant's violent or threatening behavior. I mean, these are cases that range from groping a woman on an airplane to beating a Mexican-American homeless man with a metal pole. And this was May of 2020. Frank, before January 6th. I mean, this track record of inciting violence goes far back with Donald Trump, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it starts early, early on. And um, none of us should be surprised, although I understand that we're taken aback by how horrible this has gotten you. If you wanna talk about numbers of cases, let's talk about over a thousand arrests of people participating in the security breach at, uh, on January 6th. I mean, this is unbelievable. Right. I can't think of anybody in history that resulted in and caused over a thousand arrests and inspired right. those. And then people, people literally dying uh, because of it. You can point to the El Paso, the Walmart shooter, a young man who uh, adopted the whole brown invaders language of Trump, kept uh, becoming consumed and absorbed by it, used very similar language as Trump and ended up shooting up the walmart and killing many talk about the buffalo supermarket shooter who bought into the great replacement lie on far-right media um yeah it's uh it's horrible and then you know fast forward to ashley babbitt of course was was uh, murdered uh, killed uh, in uh, by a police officer as she attempted to break through um a door there and now we have a man um fbi cincinnati field office who tried to breach security at that field office and ended up dying in a cornfield, a shot by police, um, not giving up. Now we have Provo, Utah, and a man who whose posts on social media, particularly Truth Social and Facebook, were absolutely not only violent-inducing and, and threatening, but vile, graphic, and I- indicative of really a sick mentality Um, And he's a self-described MAGA Trumpster. That's his own language, even going so far as to emulate Trump's uh, famous uh, blue suit, white shirt, red tie. I mean, uh, wearing a Trump hat uh, all the time, spotted by FBI surveillance there. And then literally being willing to die for that cause. FBI agents uh, coming to visit him in the spring, giving him a chance to say, hey, 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 I'll stop. I didn't mean any of that. That's what they're looking to hear. He didn't do that. He told them, we're done here. Come back with a warrant. Um, And they did, uh, particularly since Biden was hours away from landing uh, in Utah. And again, they tried to negotiate. They gave him commands, um refusing to comply to the point of, uh, of many uh, news media organizations confirming what what I've been told as well, which is that he grabbed a weapon and swung it toward an FBI agent. And you know that that's a that's a sign that we're in the we're in the in this realm of terrorism. You know, what does this sound like? It sounds like my day's working international terrorism where people thought, yeah'm I'm, I'm going to be a martyr. My yep. family They're being be- radicalized. I'm going to go to paradise for this. Um, What does that do on a domestic level? It takes away the disincentive to act violently because, you know, up till now, yeah, I really don't want to go to prison. I certainly don't want to die. I'll upset my family. All of that. No, no, no. The disincentive is gone. And in fact, it's been replaced with an incentive to act out violently. In fact, a recent study in June showed that at least 12 million Americans are A-OK, a ok with violence in order to get Trump back into office.
0: Yeah, that's it's it's very alarming and it's a product, in my opinion, Frank, of the entire right-wing ecosystem. And I say this having been someone who used to abide in that ecosystem, e- ecosystem very tragically. And while there is a separation between people like me who would never dream of actually engaging in violence and people like Craig Robertson, the Utah man who was just killed, the very um tragic fact of the matter is that you have a sympathetic a sympathetic mass of people like you just described in that poll there are more and more people who would justify violence even and i think about this even when i think about january 6th this is what's so scary is there are, there are many people who would never show up there with you know with hand ties and flagpoles to beat police officers, but who otherwise are sympathetic to the violent acts because they believe the rhetoric of the lies. They believe that the election was stolen from them. They believe that these Democrats out there are demonic, like Fox News is constantly telling them and want to burn down our country. Um, and so they've created almost a support system, even among people who are not, do not have extremist tendencies themselves, for the more extreme elements. Um, (laughs) Frank, I don't even know where to go. You touched on so many threads with that. One of them that I want to circle back to is is Trump's harm to his own supporters. You mentioned Ashley Babbitt. She was one of the first to go on one of these, what I would call suicide missions. Um, Craig Robertson this week was another, but there's so much collateral damage that I think Trump. Supporters out there need to understand this man is damaging you. He's not damaging your perceived enemies, he's harming you and your families. One thing that I picked up on on that, on that story about the FBI shootout this week in Utah, which was so tragic to me, um, is that Craig Robertson was a woodworker who became radicalized by, by this propaganda. And he was the sole caretaker for a disabled adult son who also lived in the home and is blind. I mean, this is a human crisis that we have. It's a national security crisis, and it's a human crisis.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've made a great point here on this topic. uh, Generally, if people setting aside their normal inclinations, you're a father, your disabled son needs you. You shouldn't be doing anything that's going to get you arrested or killed. What are your priorities? And we see time after time people setting those aside and saying no i've got something bigger to belong to now and and that's a scary moment it's not only tragic but it's scary because once you take away some uh, natural human values parenting etc and you replace them with an ideology that's false and demonizes other people we can we can talk about that because that's a key component by the way this isn't this is no longer about political differences this is not Left versus right, Democrat versus Republican. This is terrorism, and you know, and it's cult-like, and it's terrorist-like, and it's it involves radicalization processes. And so, when that happens, that's a sign that we've lost control of a group. Um, is it all Republicans? Of course not. Of course not. As you said, you you would never get to that place. But so many people now have nothing else going on. Um, they found their affirmation online, particularly during the the quarantine of the COVID uh, pandemic, in people they've never met before, maybe halfway around the globe. Now that's their affirmation. This has become their identity. I wear the hat proudly. I go to the rallies. I spend all my money, um, which is getting pocketed and going who knows where. yeah, that you've yeah. supplanted yeah. values. And that's that's called the demonizing of the other, inciting people to violence against people you think are now subhuman, yeah. is something yeah. called stochastic terrorism.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, the demonizing of the other is is it's so filthy and so pervasive. And it's done it's done under the cover of <laughs> I mean, if you just take I, I was exposed to Fox News for so long, Frank. I mean, i, I they have such a cover of, of happiness and community and joy and all of these things and faith. Oh, my God almighty, have they hijacked the faith platform. And while they are doing it, they are engendering so much deep-rooted hatred and anger towards people, Democrats many times who are being completely slandered and and having just you know the the ills of the republican party projected onto them and there is so much angst built up from this constant propaganda that yeah, yeah People feel like they have to do something to confront it. I mean, Fox News, in my opinion, and the whole right wing echo chamber. I mean, I was not exposed to the other outlets back when I was, you know, following this stuff as much as people are today. But they bear so much responsibility for this, for for legitimizing and mainstreaming it.
1: Yeah, this is a this is a platform now that we we seem unable to uh, to make go away, even though they've been they've paid a severe financial price. Um, for their lies, knowing intentional lies, more suits coming. You know, it's not just the seven hundred million dollars uh, payable to Dominion, but there's more coming, um, and we'll see. You know, I'm a big believer in civil in the civil courts to try to remedy some of these things where there are gaps in other areas of the law. But you mentioned the faith, and and you know, one of the there's so many disturbing areas of this, but one of them is not only the hijacking of Christianity. But it's replacement with something else. It's replacement with the MAGA movement and churches being split in half, and and you know congregants not speaking to each other, and pastors literally in tears over which way to go on you know, whether what, what pastors had to go through during COVID decision-making, do I, am I closing the doors and going remote online or not? Am I going to have a, an insurrection in the church? You know, it, it's, it's horrible. And, and you see the cross being used, you know, whether it's Mike Lindell, the pillow guy, just, just flaunting that or Mike Flynn, Mike Flynn, yeah. you know, uh, people there's reporting today about people pushing back on the teachings in the Gospels, because, quote, they're too weak. Jesus was too weak. Um, this concept he had of turning the other cheek, that, quote, that doesn't work today. Oh my God. So, you
0: mean? No. So no, they, you, I'm so glad you brought that up because they've completely supplanted real Christianity with basically political idolatry and cult identity. Which, uh, you know, I mean, I won't go to I mean, I could do a whole episode. I have done entire episodes, Frank, on correcting so much of the um, the blasphemous acts of of these so-called Christian MAGA Republicans. But, um, yeah, it's it's a to- total misappropriation of Christianity. And, and it, it again, it's caused division where there's there's no need for it caused hate, you know, just the, these falling apart of faith communities. So many people respond to me on lights on and tell me stories of how they have been pushed out of their church or felt like they had to leave because they don't recognize it anymore because large of what numbers, so large, numbers,
1: uh, large numbers of people are not attending church anymore uh, because you know they feel that they've been abandoned by, by the church. It's, it's really horrible.
0: It is really, it's really tragic. Yeah. I, um, I, want to, uh, just talk a little bit more about that, um, that, that survey or that uh, poll that you mentioned and this other, um, article that came up recently in the daily beast that I heard you cite before where Trump extremists are demanding civil war and mass murder in the light of, you know, the increasing legal peril that Donald Trump is. Facing, um, I think this is on the forum, the Donald. Which, if you can talk to us a little bit more about this, was was kind of at the center of a lot of planning and, and kind of quote unquote aspirational behavior leading up to January sixth. Um, yeah. Have you you've you've seen this, right?
1: I have. Um, there's scary stuff happening on this uh, site called the Donald, and it's uh, why should we care? Why should we pay attention? Because. Uh, Because, you know, January 6th, a lot of the planning, uh, discussion and radicalization occurred on the Donald. In fact, they were uh, they were kind of a subgroup of Reddit and Reddit booted them uh, for for violence concerns. But now they're back up and running um, on a Reddit like platform. And what we're seeing there lately is uh, talk about hanging Mike Pence. This is recent stuff now. Um yeah so we should pay attention when the folks on Reddit who've done it before are doing it again and it raises you know we're back to this issue of the security They're of, on, the on the Donald security.
0: rather, right?
1: On the Donald. What did I say?
0: Yeah. On on Reddit. They're they're off Reddit, right?
1: They're off Reddit, thank you. Yeah, we don't want Reddit. It's okay. I do yet. it all
0: so, the time. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. the Donald. And so why should that matter? Well, uh when we're talking about security concerns for the upcoming trials and witnesses and jurors yeah. uh Pence is a likely star witness against yep. Trump. And here we have people known toward violence uh, talking about hanging him.
0: I think this circles back to will uh, will that rhetoric from the top down be, be checked by the judicial system? And, uh, you know, like I said, I think this is really a test. It's a test of so many things, test of our courts. It's a test of law enforcement. It's a test of what we as a people are willing to tolerate and even down to to our homes and our churches, how we're handling this and working even on an individual basis to combat these forces. Frank, let's take a quick break for our sponsor and we're gonna circle back and talk, oh my God, so much more about the threats we're facing, what we can do.
1: Sure.
0: This summer, you could spend thousands of dollars on planes, hotels, and tourist traps, or you can spend less money on a beautiful garden that will give you years of pleasure with FastGrowingTrees.com. FastGrowingTrees.com has thousands of easy to grow plant, shrub and tree varieties expertly curated for your unique climate and needs. From Meyer lemons to evergreens to shade trees and everything in between, no more waiting in long lines and hauling heavy plants around. With FastGrowingTrees.com, you order online and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. No green thumb, no problem. Fast Growing Trees Plant Experts are just a Zoom, chat, or phone call away, always available and eager to help. They can even walk you through your entire garden to help solve problems you're having with plants and trees. Plus, Fast Growing Trees Plant Experts have specialized degrees and training to help troubleshoot from root to leaf. I love fastgrowingtrees.com because I found the Summer Spice Hardy Hibiscus Blue Brulee. If it sounds beautiful, it is, and plant experts help me keep it thriving. And with Fast Growing Trees 30 Day Alive and Thrive Guarantee, you know everything will look great, fresh out of the box. Join almost 2 million happy Fast Growing Trees customers. Go to FastGrowingTrees.com lights on now to get 15% off your entire order. 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com lights on. This episode is sponsored by Lomi. What's better than growing fresh vegetables right in your own backyard with nutrients that came right out of your kitchen? Well, it's all possible thanks to Lomi. Now that I have a Lomi, it's changed the way I think about my food waste. Lomi transforms my garbage into gold at the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps to dirt in under four hours. Now I love composting. Plus it's made cooking at home even more fun. There's no food rotting in the garbage and smelling up the kitchen. Thanks to Lomi, I have much less trash to take out, and it's a hassle-free, mess-free experience. No leaking trash bags. And the best part is that my waste is being turned into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane gas. I get to help the environment and make my life easier and all my food scraps, plant clippings, and even unwanted leftovers go back into my garden, helping me grow more nutritious food right in my backyard. I learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint. By reducing the amount of food I send to landfill, I'm helping to do my part for the planet. So whether you wanna start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to lomi.com lights and use the promo code LIGHTS to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to lomicom slash LIGHTS and use the promo code LIGHTS at checkout. Thank you Lomi for sponsoring this episode. Turn your food waste into dirt with a press of a button with Lomi. Use the code LIGHTS to save $50 at Lomi.com slash LIGHTS. All right, Frank. Will you take a trip down memory lane with me on this? Uh, no. What we're what we're dealing with in court right now. What we're about to Trump uh, facing criminal liability for January six. I, I feel like you know we've been dealing with this for so many years now that sometimes we lose sight of just how um, devastating and tragic and terrorizing it was. And I don't want to get lost in the academia. I don't want to get lost in the intellectualism. And so I wanted to just kind of remind some people about some of the tragedy that unfolded just on January 6th. This, of course, is an assault on our entire democratic system. But let's just talk about the lives that were affected on that day including Trump's own supporters, and this is a big theme of mine because I, I want people to understand, you know, if I'm if I'm going to help anybody come out of this mental miasma of thinking Donald Trump is good for them, let me remind you it's a death cult. He will le- literally lead you to your death. Um, let's talk about the officers first, not only that were attacked and so many injured. Um, Brian Sicknick, of course, died in the fallout of January 6th. There were four officers that died by suicide after January 6th Metropolitan Police Officer Gunther Hashida, Kyle DeFreytag, and Jeffrey Smith, and U.S. Capitol Police Officer Howard Liebengood. Um, this is the result of a president who liked us to believe that he was backing the blue and supporting law enforcement. Um, there were five deaths on January 6th, including Brian Sicknick. The other four were. Ashley Babbitt, as you mentioned, Frank, Kevin Greeson, who was a Trump supporter who died there from a heart attack, Roseanne Boylan, who was literally crushed to death in the mob, and Benjamin Phillips, who died from a stroke. There's so much more collateral damage. I I remember from the January uh, 6th hearings, the testimony of Stephen Ayers, his co-defendant, Matthew Perna, who had pled guilty to his charges for January 6th, committed suicide. Another January 6th uh, defendant named Shane Woods uh, attempted his own suicide and instead killed a woman in a car crash. I mean, there is so much collateral damage, Frank, Is there not from a person like Donald Trump who engages in this kind of terrorism inspiring activity, so much collateral damage in so many in so many ways and affecting so many people, including his own supporters?
1: Yeah, well, well laid out. Um, What has always lingered for me and always will were at least one of the components you just mentioned, which is the death by suicide of those police officers. Um, That's a tragedy on any given day. But to be the tragedy that comes from a president of the United States, um, to be the tragedy and the death by suicide that comes from literally defending the iconic symbol of our democracy and defending it really to the death um, is something that will always Stay with me. And, you know, there's at least one. I haven't caught up with the latest, but there's at least one case of those officers where that department declared uh, his death to be a line of duty death, which is is so incredibly meaningful uh, for the family, if nothing else, for financial reasons as well. But the the trauma that comes to all of the people that you just uh, listed is something that has this ripple effect throughout their family for generations their kids their yeah. siblings their grandkids forever more it it's the horrible gift that keeps on giving uh sadly and um i i the worst thing of all perhaps is the failure of the the, the certain components of the far right to acknowledge the sacrifice of those officers Yeah, it really meant a lot for me in um the rare press conference that Jack Smith held to to uh, speak to this recent indictment in the election case, he took time out of that very brief press con- conference to say those officers who defended the Capitol on January six are heroes. Um, he's he he he's got a sense of this. He understands that, and he was basically saying, "You're wrong if you think anything other than a combat." and battle for democracy took place inside and outside that capital
0: absolutely and those officers were literally forced to be an army that day they went to work as police officers and they were forced to be an army defending democracy. It's it's unthinkable. Um, you know, you're t- we're talking about the officers, also everybody who worked as a staffer on the Capitol that day. I never forget about the black janitorial staff who was left to clean up the desecration left by January 6 rioters. I mean, it's such a kind of disgusting final chapter to- to, to something that had so many racial undertones, um, so much white supremacy and, and racially motivated hate was behind that attack. And at the end of the day, it was the Black janitorial staff who was left to clean up that desecration. Um, we absolutely owe, we owe accountability to so many people. You know, that's another thing. Trump is so, so incessant at playing this victim card. And and like I've said before, Frank, Trump is he's not a victim of anything. The only thing he's a victim of is his own deceit. Um, But there are real victims. There are so many real victims that are 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 going to hopefully get a piece of that healing and restoration that they need throughout this justice process. Um, nobody's political rights are being taken away, people's, uh, people's lives hopefully are being restored through, the, through the, the justice being carried out here, and it's so important to, to see that clearly.
1: You no, know, we keep seeing the phrase never forget attached to 9-11 and the horrible yeah. losses that day. That same phrase should be forever more attached as well to January 6th. Yeah. We must never forget, but we must also do something about it. And, you know, after 9-11, we did something about it. I mean, we literally shifted government. We created the massive Department of Homeland Security. Congress passed the Patriot Act. We went to war and are we doing anything like that after January sixth? Well, we're trying to hold people accountable um, within a criminal justice system that those people disdain and manipulate. So um, we've got to keep keep that accountability and consequences going. But you spent you talked about victimhood. Look, what Jack Smith um, is alleging in this latest indictment is that Donald Trump defrauded. United States of America, that's you and me and all of us. Everybody. Uh, citizens yeah. and violated our civil right to vote and have our vote counted. So in a very real sense, we are all victims of what Donald Trump has done.
0: Absolutely. Isn't it so ironic, too? I mean, we talk about the assault on police officers and how nobody on the right has, has come up and 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 just called that out and stood behind them, this party that it supposedly backs the blue. I mean, what is what can be said? I have my thoughts, Frank, but what can be said about a party who literally goes from the party of law and order to literally the party that is calling to defund the FBI? I mean, isn't this just What else do you need to know that this party, the grand old party, what has happened to it has absolutely no principles and has become a politically idolatrous cult?
1: Yeah, this hurts. Uh, This is personal. Of course, I spent 25 Mm -hmm. years uh, at the FBI, Uh, wrote a book about it. It's uh, it became part of my a large part of my identity. I know what goes on every day in field offices around the United States with people working everything Mm -hmm. from child uh, sexual trafficking to kidnap bank robbery, organized crime, street gangs. They make thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of violent crime arrests every single year, recover children from trafficking situations. And to hear that institution denigrated like this and hear calls from various Republican candidates right now saying that if they're elected, they will dismantle the FBI. Um, and. You know, I what one of the things that concerns me long term is who who's going to be recruited into an environment where Donald Trump has plans to do away with all kinds of civil service employee protections. Like he'll fire you at will. Um, that, Those who, are absolutely get, his plans. Yeah, who do you get re- recruited into uh, hard, challenging careers uh, when that environment exists? And the other thing that's essential is this ten-year term of an FBI director. People have come to think from Trump that, oh, you can just fire um, the FBI director if you don't like him or you don't like what he's investigating. Um, Well, that's not how it works. There's supposed to be a 10-year term for a reason. The director is supposed to straddle administration so that that institution does not become political. But wow, has Trump succeeded in, uh, in changing public perceptions of whether the FBI is politicized or not, and it's torn up the the FBI itself. You know, the Washington Post did some great reporting, Carol Linnick, um, on the debate going on over the Mar-a-Lago search at high levels of the Washington Field Office, um, in in heated debate with DOJ officials over whether the search warrant made sense or not. And look, when you when you look at the facts, let, let me get this right now: you're debating a search warrant when a guy has blown you off blowing off personal visits, pretty please. National Archives um, uh, negotiations, blew off a subpoena, then evidence that he's lied to you because you've got videotape and source evidence that he's lying and moving boxes, and you, excuse me, you don't think the search warrant is justified? That's That's how bad he's impacted the men and women of the Bureau.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm glad you brought up the attack on civil service because people don't understand how dangerous this is. You said you said who is going to fill those jobs when the real people who are qualified don't want to because they're afraid of retribution. Well, I'll tell you, I know the kind of people who are going to those jobs because I worked with them in 2016 and they were not qualified for high level positions. And in the final month of Trump's presidency, they were put into those positions because he was putting his lackeys in, you know, positions of, of national security, of cybersecurity. What mattered was not their qualifications to be public servants for all of us, but only their their fealty to Donald Trump. And it's a very dangerous prospect. You know, Frank, the right always, they always are railing against the deep state, quote unquote. Um, And is there bureaucracy? Sure, there's bureaucracy. Are human institutions flawed? Absolutely. But there's not the deep state that they try to portray. But I'm going to tell you, and this is another thing that people need to understand, there will be one hell of a deep state. God forbid Donald Trump is put back in the White House because he is going to install that deep state into public service.
1: Of course, imagine the president literally directing investigative decision making, telling yeah. the attorney general, open this case. Don't and, and imagine the freak show of people that would be at those cabinet level positions. Imagine somebody like Cash Patel as head of the CIA or Michael mm-hmm. Flynn as secretary of defense. Um, yeah, this is no joke. Um, immigration and uh, being controlled by people who think it's perfectly fine to drown migrants in the Rio Grande River. Uh, we, We are in for a tough time if that administration happens
0: very very scary yeah the 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 stakes need to be to 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 be outlined to the american people and like i always say to trump supporters it's going to turn on you if you think they're only going to go against your political opponents just wait the day will come when your interest conflict with their interests with their political motivations and power you know, power grabs and power searches, and your life will be on the line, your livelihood, your family, and you'll have to learn the hard way with all of us out here trying to warn you that he's not your guy. You'll have to learn the hard way that this is not, uh, you know, even, you know, I have guest Frank, and we had a wonderful discussion last week about, um, how they try to demonize the other—that's that's at the heart of this MAGA movement. And demonization is really the heart of fascism: demonization of the other, and that that's where they find this this tragic sense of community and identity. But the reality is, um, the other's not their problem; it's their own dear leader who's right, at, really after them.
1: Yeah, we've created this false notion of a a war for your soul. That um, you know, this this culture war. Look, I totally. Get conservatism and and all I, I get the concerns about the world changing and the, the country changing and and young children being exposed to things that, you know, I'm an old guy that, you know, I, we were never exposed to. I, I totally get concerns that families and parents have. But to to buy into this notion that you should be killing or you you should be willing to sacrifice your life because you don't like a book um, or, you know, that. People of a different skin color or who worship differently than you are evil and demonic. You, you got to call time out and back away and think about what your values used to be and where you lost them because that's where we are right now.
0: It, it absolutely is. Um, did you hear about the story coming out of Ecuador, the assassination of the Ecuadorian 100. presidential candidate Fernando Villavicencio? Yes. Yeah, I I just, you know, obviously there's so much corruption and crime in in Central and um, Latin America, and you would never think that we would be comparing our situation to the kind of threats and organized crime and, you know, thwarted attempts to confront corruption. But that's really, I mean, I really think that's the kind of world that Donald Trump aspires to. I mean, he has no he has no bars on what he would incite his followers to do to avoid accountability, because that's basically what this was an attack on accountability. Villavicencio had started his career as an investigative journalist and promised to root out corruption and crime. Um, So it's a fear tactic from those those um, gang members who killed him. Um, And that's what that's what Donald Trump tries to do. He tries to incite his followers to threaten, scare uh, prosecutors, to intimidate in them into not into not pursuing justice, and and he he's, um, that's coming coming to a head
1: here. Yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned Ecuador because I think you know for for years and decades we've lived in a bubble and thought that that stuff happens somewhere else. It happens, maybe yeah. it happens in South America, Latin America, maybe it's in third world countries, banana republics. It that stuff doesn't happen here. we We don't have that happening. we, we all, all that's out the window. It's out the window. Um and you know we're we're entering a place now. I mentioned uh, Vice President Pence. look, we're the Secret Service is going to have to consider earlier than ever protection of the candidates. Um, that's the kind of violence we're talking about. We've looked, You know, last week we saw news that the the U.S. Capitol Police have opened field offices in places like Texas, Boston, uh, Wisconsin, you know, to reflect where the threats are coming from to our elected lawmakers. Never before has the Capitol Police Department had to open field offices to deal on the ground with the hundreds of threats they're getting against members of Congress. So... Yeah, it could happen here, and it will happen here unless we do the accountability thing and unless people yep. turn out and vote um, in large numbers.
0: Yes, absolutely. The larger, the better, right? So they can't make these phony allegations of fraud. We really need a, an, a just a, a, a wave, a total resurgence of, of pro-democracy people showing up in 2024 because we have to, we have to send a very, very clear message that this is not the future that we want. Um, we have <laughs> I, I try to always segue Frank from one topic to another. I really don't think anything anything is separate here. I think it has all to do. I want to talk about Maui. I, I think it has all to do with how we are treating one another how we are treating the world we live in, Um, you know, not, letting abuses of power uh, fly, and there's a lot of greed and and um, exploitation of natural resources in this country. Uh, we are dealing with a climate crisis, and we saw the latest victim of that this week in Maui, where um, thousands as of this moment are still missing. The death toll has risen to 55 um, in the second deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. Um, I know the town very well, Lahaina. I was there, Frank, just a few years ago. It was actually, I'll tell you a little story. I had never been to Hawaii. um, And I really didn't have any, we're we're looking at the images right now. If you're watching this on YouTube, it's just absolutely devastating what happened um, in Lahaina. But I'd never been to, to Hawaii before and kind of was offered to go in the midst of my very scary Trump battle with Donald Trump legal battle. And it was such a gorgeous place. I, I have enormous love for, for Maui and, um, the animals and the people there. And I am so just heartbroken and devastated over what has become of Lahaina. I mean, it was, it was like the tourist hub of, of the Island of Maui and it's, it's like a war zone. It's completely decimated and reduced to ashes.
1: I too was there a couple of years ago. Uh, I was on vacation and uh, definitely spent time in Lahaina. Had a a great breakfast at a place called the Plantation Inn uh, Mm -hmm. in their courtyard. And I saw today a photo. Uh, It's completely burned to the ground, as is that entire uh, district. And the banyan tree next door, this banyan park contains what is claimed is a plaque there. What they claim, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is the the oldest tree in Hawaii or the oldest tree in Maui. It is this massive yeah. banyan tree, and uh, yes. you know, it's photos in front of it. Uh, if you you really can't even take a photo front because it's a massive. You know, you just got this trunk. Uh, behind you. And it's all branches everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, It's all gone, burned to the ground. And, you know, you say everything is connected. I can't help but recall um, Donald Trump showing up in Puerto Rico after the devastating hurricane and tossing paper towels to the locals as if that was going to help them. And even being confused to the point of not understanding that, you know, I remember him saying out loud, you know, Puerto Rico's an island. Surrounded by water. Uh, It's part of the United States. He he was just trying to process that. He didn't even understand it. And he thought help consisted of tossing paper towels. And now we've learned in the last 24 hours that Biden is sending the National Guard uh, to assist all available federal resources, Army National Guard, Air Force National Guard. FEMA is on the ground already. It's, It's a compassion for our fellow human beings that we have to preserve.
0: Yeah, you brought up Donald Trump in Puerto Rico. I'm thinking of when he blamed the wildfires on California on not cleaning the forest floor enough. clean the place up. Clean the place. And he would, I mean, this is is another thing that's so scary about the prospect, what he did do and what he will do in much larger degree if we give him the chance again, is to leverage federal aid as a quid pro quo for political favors. I mean, my God almighty, that's yes. who Donald Trump is in comparison right. has, with Joe Biden, who's...
1: He has something of value. In this case, it would be help from FEMA, money, national uh, de- declared disaster area, bring in the National Guard. Yes, he has something of value. It will be transactional for him and he'll, you know, he'll, he'll barter for it. You know, what am I going to get for this? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that and then, on, you know, on top of that, we have, you know, there's biden has has brought together such a large coalition of progressives and more moderate democrats even conservatives supporting him um but he has been much stronger on preserving our climate and doing you know just just simple checks on greed this is this is what i you know even even the corporate interests who have so much invested in exploiting fossil fuels and and everything else the greenhouse gas emissions that is leading to, to our rising temperatures and these extreme weather events that we're having. I think that everybody has to be awakened to the fact that there is a better way for all of us. There's a solution. There are solutions that are sustainable and profitable. Um, and with, you know, with pushback, Biden hasn't accomplished all of his climate agenda by far. There's there's a lot that he has not been able to, to do, but um, we would have no hope. Um, on on just the health of the planet, with a with a president like Donald Trump and, Don- and Joe Biden is at least leading us in that direction.
1: Yeah, again, transactional. Um, if the companies and yeah. corporations, you know, and and, and the people, uh, the stock uh, owners can can tr- donate appropriately, he'll represent their interests. And if their interests are mm-hmm. anti-environment, if it's uh, if it's fossil fuel, if it's the oil industry, if it's just ensuring that. The charging stations aren't built and placed for electric vehicles. All of that, Um, yeah, giant step backwards is. You know, remember he pulled out of uh, the Kyoto Treaty, uh, the Paris Accord. He doesn't, you know, all of that. You can, you could just flush that.
0: Yeah. Well, Frank, thank you so much for joining me today. Like I said, huge fan of yours, and and just so appreciate your clarity on these issues when you come on air. Over here, we always say, "Oh, Frank's on. We've Got to listen. Everybody, be quiet. Listen to Frank." <laughs> so you know, sometimes,
1: just, uh, I wish. Sometimes, I wish my services were not needed, and we were uh, we yeah. were living in an environment where I didn't have to explain what uh, a Russian threat was, or the Chinese threat was, or the domestic terror threat. But thank, thank you for your kind words, and thank you for what you're doing as well.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, I hope everybody will um, not only check out Frank on on NBC when he's there often, but also his book, uh, The FBI Way. Um, I love that you talk about seven, the seven C's in that book, code, conservancy, clarity, consequences, compassion, credibility, and consistency. I think many, many institutions and individuals could benefit from those seven C's.
1: Yeah, indeed, and we need more. We need consistency more than ever. People think this is an unprecedented time, therefore we should just abandon everything that's got us here so far. And we should not. We should double down on democracy, the rule of law, three equal branches of government, and the Constitution. Consistency works in a crisis, and and that's where we are. If people are interested, they can go to my website frankfigluzi.com and uh, sign up for alerts of where I'm appearing. Uh, I've got a book coming out next year. I'm sure we'll talk about that next year. Um, but yeah for all my clips and everything right there at uh, com.
0: For sure, for sure. Thank you so much again. And to everybody watching today, thank you, as always, for joining us. Um, check out Frank's website. If, also, if you want, as, as always, to help support me in my legal battle, we are battling with Trump right now in state court in New York, and we need your support. That's at thejessicadenson.com slash donate, thejessicadenson.com slash donate. Um, very high legal expenses in that fight and we're not going anywhere and are so grateful for any support that you can give. Also, it's completely free to just follow me wherever you um, get your podcast. Look for Lights On with Jessica Denson. Subscribe here on YouTube. Subscribe to my channel on YouTube and on whatever... The platform is that Elon Musk is running, what is he calling it now, X? Um, Until I get on threads, follow me on Twitter to stay up to date with me. And um, it's wonderful to have you here as always, especially in dark and trying times when we are being tested. Let your light shine. Have a great weekend. (coughs)